0: What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Slab number 16. My name is Aaron, one of your hosts here on the Slab Socks YouTube channel and podcast network. With Nate, we are in Vegas right now, which is why, first off, we're together. And secondly, um, we're in like a hotel room. Pretty cool, though. And uh, we are here for the Ming Collective. So Ming Collective is Friday through Sunday, VIP night, or Friday or VIP day. And then the main show on Saturday and Sunday, Industry Conference on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, will be a lot of people here. We are going to be recording all of these sights and sounds and talking to people. Hopefully, doing some deals, maybe buying some cards, maybe doing some trades. Uh, it's a lot of really cool stuffs going to go down. We'll have videos coming out hopefully by the end of this weekend, the first one, and then into next week too. Um, it'll be it'll be a super good time. I think that this is going to be one of the most unique uh, card collecting events, hobby events that there's been yet. And I can't wait to just like see what it's all about because it's super unknown to us, I guess, and everyone, what is really going to happen here. So sure. other than we know what the speaker schedule is and who's going to come and speak. Uh, but other than that, it, it'll be a very fun time. So we're going to do a little bit of an abbreviated weekly slab day just with everything going on. And it is going to drop on Friday. So by the time this comes out, it won't be on Thursday like normal, uh, just really short in time between everything. But that's okay because we've got a really good topic uh, to discuss and it is going to be what is the most overhyped card in the sports card industry today? So we put up this question on our Instagram page and uh, basically said, follow or audience, uh, go ahead and uh, let us know." So I'm going to read off a couple of comments from them. We'll talk a little bit about the cards that they said, and then we're also going to give our own take on it, and then go from there. Uh, so the very first comment, which, or at least the comment that has the most most likes and at this point, at this point in time, you know, I'm not sure if anyone is going to be. Super surprised about if you've been following what's been going on the last three weeks. And Rodman PC said V cards, which is the V Friends release, the Zero Cooler release um, from Fanatics. And that got 125 likes, which is which is quite a bit. That's way more than any other on this uh, list. For the V Friends cards, I mean, here's the art. Well, at least my take on Nate can give his. I think a lot of people who are getting into these V Friends Zero Cool cards, remember, it's not like people like Nate. It's not like people like me. It's not like people like Rodman who commented that. It's like people who have never probably bought a single sports card in their life or very minimal amounts. And you never know who's going to cross over from NFT land, which they literally pay like $3,000 for the most random of things to us, random JPEGs. So they come over and they spend $1,000 on a base card numbered out of 22, or at least print run of 22, or 2,000 on an out of eight, whatever the numbers are. And that's not that much to them. And they just want to get in on the V Friends stuff. You know, remember Uno set release from V Friends sold out. They sold, you know, he sold Uno cards, um, Gary V and V Friends, and those things sold out like crazy. So in reality, when it comes to this V Friends project, this IP, all of this stuff, the people are collecting the V Friends. They're collecting his book games NFTs. They want everything that's associated with it. Not us. Not the people coming here. Instagram posts. A lot of different people. And that's my thoughts on it. Which leads it to be maybe the most overhyped to sports card collectors, but it also could be the most convincing thing for people to actually buy physical cards to a normal NFT collector. That's my thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not for it from a I want to invest in it. It doesn't really make any sense to me. They are somewhat bad drawings. Shout out Gary. <laughs> he, he, he put himself out there. That being said, if it gets new people into the card market, then who cares? Who cares if it's getting new people in and if if you get 100 people in that never bought cards and one comes to sports cards, that's a win in my mind. So I'm not I'm not overly concerned about uh, the V friends, zero cool stuff in any way to get riled up about it at all.
0: Yeah, I I, I can agree with that. Um, there's a lot of different perspectives on it, and I'm sure you all have yours uh, if you want to leave a comment on each of these things we're talking about in the in the comments of this video, that'd be great to hear your, your all thoughts with the audience's thoughts and then our thoughts too, just get a lot of people talking about it in general. Um, next up is card Cardboard Commotion says, it's right on that picture, you nailed it. And the picture, as you all can see when I first put up the, the question, was a Kaboom Luka Doncic. Now, specifically, I picked the Kaboom to put on the post because especially the newer Kabooms, I think a lot of people would agree like him and others um that him or her and others that those could be like one of the most overhyped cards in the industry it's not the 2018 panini reward set which was the big entry of the gold of tens and green one of ones and it's not like a first year 2013 innovation it's you know 2020 crown royale super new design with white border on the bottom and these kind of like little explosion things not the normal kaboom background um that makes sense to me and i do agree with it i think that there's certain kabooms. Long term, we're going to hold serious value. And then there's, I think that there's others that are not and are going to get crushed. And oftentimes, and we talked about earlier in the year, um, when stuff gains a ton of value in a given year, like 2021 with Kabooms, it it runs out eventually, Um, especially when there's a lot of them. It depends, you know, you have a supply of 10 or less um, on some 2020 absolute golds of like, you know, Trey Lance or Mac Jones, and they do really well. That's a different story. I'm just mostly talking about the new basketball, the base ones and stuff. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they're overrated.
1: Uh, obviously, you can see the you can see the rage, rage, rage. It was it started out with what color blasts and then kabooms and then what's it going to be onto next? Um, and it it goes like that and then it's going to go it's going to go back down and then it's going to get hyped up again and go back down and hyped up again, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, next up, from I'm going to combine these two together. Cubano Cards and Clef Sports Cards. Cubano Cards says any Prism product, and Clef Sports Cards says silver slash holo cards, which come from Prism products or optic products. And another very valid point, and I think a lot of things you're starting to see here is that people are commenting things that people either spend a lot of money on or talk about a lot. And obviously, for years, Prism um, has been... You know, hailed as the number one stable product for basketball rookie cards. We've seen the base and the silver go through massive downswings. We've seen some of the colors stay stable. We've seen some of it drop a lot. And Shout out LaMelo. Shout out LaMelo. You know, the blues and the purples have dropped a ton of him. And I think that for this product, or Prism in general, it's going to be like anything in the, in the market. You're going to have some winners and some losers. Who knows? The silvers might be losers. The hypers might be winners. The blue eyes might be winners. The normal blue might be losers. We won't know that for a while now. Um, And I don't think that anything is going to have 100% of the subjects in the product, no matter what product it is, stay viable in the long term. I would almost
1: say, though, that they're not overhyped anymore. We're talking about overhyped cards currently, and those prices are dropping to the point where I don't think Prism is overhyped. I think it's properly hyped because people are realizing that you can get nice cards of other brands or... Um, even other, you know, the Blank Slates or the Court Kings Level 4 or um, anything like that. I went with two Court Kings things, but you get my point. Uh, Spectra. There's other cards that people are like, oh, I like these. I don't need to spend all my money on Prism, so I don't think it's actually overhyped currently.
0: Yeah, and there's it depends on the card, too, because you look at 2020 Prism Silver Lamello Ball PSA 10. It, I think it just dropped its all-time low now at 2,800 last week. And I can physically go and find you probably a super nice Noir Lamello Auto, if they're live, or an Anthony Edwards Auto patch for like the same price. you know. So at that point, I'd say that specific card's overhyped. But you look at the color PSA 9 out of 99 Lamello, purple, and it's the same price as a silver PSA 10. You already know what I'm taking. It's that purple. Yeah. And I'd, I'd agree with Nate is that I feel like we just have waves for a lot of this stuff. And the Prism color wave, it might have taken a hit. And maybe that is the time to buy. Now it's not guaranteed, obviously. We don't want you to go and to spend all your money on that, but something like that could you, could you happen. Do you think
1: people just had prism fatigue? I think
0: they had prism oh, fatigue. A little
1: bit, of, a little bit of like everyone wants it, and then all of a sudden nobody can get it, so everyone wants it. And then all and, of a sudden, and then people were like sick of not being able to
0: get it, so they just weren't interested in it. And then, and, it goes down. and then, pretty much everyone gets it at some point. Yeah. And then they just don't want it anymore. Yeah, yeah probably.
1: I mean. In all reality, it's a it's a very boring card.
0: Some of the prison card is is very boring. Like Lamelo's rookie is pretty pretty boring. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other really cool cards you can get for those prices. Uh, Next one, there's a ton of different comments. I'm not going to pinpoint any of them, but talking about the next PMG. There goes my phone. Oh, Um, that was mine. The next PM. That's fine. You can you can give it. Uh, And maybe what we'll do is this will be our last one here. Then you'll just go into talking about why it's yours. Uh, the next PMG was a very commented thing, maybe the most commented thing outside of the Be friends cards. Flux cards, totally certified cards. Any random new Panini type of make that – or how about this treble for soccer? People have been saying those are the soccer PMGs because mm-hmm. there is no soccer PMGs. Um, any type of card like that, people are like, yo, these are not PMGs. These aren't the 97 PMGs. They're not the – even the 2012 retro PMGs in hockey in – college cards whatever it is stop trying to call them that they just have foil color on it it doesn't make it the fleer precious melon gem or skybox precious melon gem whatever you want to call it and uh i'm just gonna let nate go with this one well i I might switch mine up now give me give me some time (laughs) okay i'll let nate think as i just talk about it then first yeah yeah uh being someone who bought an original 97 pmg who wasn't nate Doug Flutie, Vinny Testaverde, good, good try. It was a Bills quarterback, Todd Collins. Todd Collins, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> it's actually selling, I think, like this Sunday through uh, PWCC's weekly auction number ten, which we'll talk about after this. Um, I bought that one at a show for two hundred bucks. Obviously, Todd Collins not worth two hundred dollars, but a red PMG commands so much premium for any player. I saw like I think PSA seven sold or was listed for like you know a thousand or something. Obviously didn't sell, so I'm not expecting a thousand, but. Probably worth at least 200 as a SGC7. It's a tough card to grade. Um, I've got some hockey PMGs. I had a Spider-Man Marvel PMG. Um, I love PMGs. There's no world where I'd ever go and call another card a PMG, especially a, fl- a Flux. <laughs>
1: I mean, it can't be another PMG because it's not a precious metal gem card yeah. in the first place. But uh, it's also just so absurd to me that precious metal gem cards, I don't know the origins behind it in the 90s if they were super sought after. I assume they, they were. They were, yeah nobody is searching after totally certified or flux or whichever the next one that somebody claims is going to be a pmg is a pmg pmg is hot in the 90s still hot today these cards not hot not magically going to get hot because they kind of look like another card that people like
0: that's the thing i think that you hit the nail on the head about you said magically get hot yeah the only way they get hot is if you have enough people that try to make them hot. And clearly that seems to be the movement in the certified the flux, the whatever other card you want to call a PMG, which instantly tells you it's not a PMG. <laughs> it just,
1: it, it blows my mind. But also if I can just touch on the PMG itself a little bit, I get that they're cool cards, but nobody cared. No, no offense to Todd Collins. Nobody cared about Todd Collins.
0: Six months ago. Now just because it's a PMG, people need it. Now it is a first ninety seven original set and they're not easy to to come by randomly, but, but it's com I understand what you're saying. Um but remember like people do like there's crazy people trying to build sets of these things. That's true. That's and that's true. where a lot of the value comes from is you do you have to get everyone the set. So
1: then so then it is overhyped because these people weren't trying to build sets. And now they are, and the prices are going up, so therefore overhyped, would you say?
0: I would say that there are certain PMGs, and even as a PMG collector that are overhyped, maybe a Todd Collins we're trying to sell, because I just think it's a cool PMG, but it's like, why would I care about Todd Collins? Yeah. But then there's other ones that clearly, I mean, I, I love the Fleer Retro hockey ones. I think that buying super good players in hockey is a great idea. I've done it. I've sold some. I have more. I'm grading some. I actually have one right over here, Steven Samko's. And I like those because you got really good players in the PMG, but I also like what you're saying.
1: I guess I, I guess if I am sitting here and I'm looking at a card that not a ton of people wanted six or people wanted but not drastically not for six months ago and now everyone wants it, that's overhyped no matter how nice the card is.
0: That's a pretty good way to look at it no matter if we are talking about PMGs or Flawless or National Treasures, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna swing that. Then, in, uh, do you have a new one? I do talk? have a new one. Okay, maybe so maybe. I'm gonna swing the next comments. There's been other comments too. If I have one, I'll pull up on the screen uh, from someone else. I just my phone dropped down. I don't know where it is now. Um, National treasures rookie Petros. There's for sure a comment about that. The true RPAs have 99, and I think that they're they're big. Obviously, they're big cards. Devante Sup-
1: Graham ending this weekend.
0: I saw that. Super high end collectors want them, which makes sense. But super high end collectors also can buy flawless RPAs, impeccable RPAs, immaculate RPAs. Is there any world to where you can secure an immaculate RPA on card auto of John Morant of 99? I don't know. I'm just going to go out and Top say price? 15K. A tenth of the price, exactly. And then the PSA 9s of John Morant are NTRPAs selling for 160 grand. Um, I would probably take. Ten of the ninety-nine print run of Moran from Immaculate. And wait for or it fit, to get fit. over
1: and wait for it to get overhyped.
0: Wait for it to get overhyped. Yeah. Split off seven of them, keep three. And then you have way more profit and you have three more cards. That's just what my take is. Now I'm not trying to sit here, all the high-end spenders in the world, if you're spending money on NTRPAs, it's really not the wrong way to go. It's been proven time and time again. You 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 buy a new prospect, they fail, you lose a lot of money, but they succeed and you make a ton. I just think that The price difference is just a little ridiculous, and that's where I'm thinking. How about you? What's yours? I'd
1: agree. Uh, Mine is First Bowman. (laughs) The overhyped First Bowman prospect cards of dudes that have not played stateside baseball. Now, this is a little bit— Super specific. This is very specific and pretty deep, but if you pay attention to the baseball market and you pay attention to prospects, you know how many prospects fail in the minors. 70% of top 100 prospects go on to do nothing in the majors. 70% 70% of top 100. Um so you can expect 70 70 dudes every year. And and then you get those guys that haven't played a single ounce of stateside baseball, Jason Dominguez, one of them, playing in the Dominican Summer League before he gets to the major or to the uh, rookie ball, complex league ball in Arizona or Florida, and people are spending oodles and oodles just because of hype. And then you see it with Christian Hernandez. And you see it with. Luis the, Rodriguez. Luis Rodriguez. And the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy. Hedbert Perez last year paying $120. You fast forward a year, Heber Perez didn't have a good year. Jason Dominguez didn't have a good year. Nobody knew anything about these guys except for word of mouth. Nobody's seen them um, except for Dominican Summer League scouts. And people are spending huge money just off of hype. And then they get here. It's a whole new world, it's a whole new. Um, way of life for these guys that have never been to America, and they're facing the, stu- the stiffest competition they've ever faced in their entire lives. They fail,
0: and people are losing oodles and oodles of money. I've got a great um, comparison for that to like the soccer market and leagues. Kai Havertz, love the guy. Second favorite Chelsea player. He was in the Bundesliga. Behind Pulisic. No. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, do you know who I am? Um no. I'd say I'd say Palizak and Havertz are two A, two B. And Kai Havertz was literally German Bundesliga prospect star. Like most goals at certain ages, huge fee to Chelsea to transfer, comes over, first year in England, stiffest competition in the world, mm-hmm. and doesn't do well. I mean I text from my buddies, dude Aaron Kai Havertz only has like two goals in the Premier League, he's played all these matches this year. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, the guy's like what, twenty one years old and he has moved to England from Germany and Yada, yada, yada. This year, he's probably going to win Premier League Player of the March in Month, <laughs> Premier League Player of the Month in March over Bukayo Saka. Player of the March. <laughs> Player of the March. And he's putting up great stats. And he's really helping Chelsea win matches and go far in, these, in the Premier League right now to make the top four in these competitions, FA Cup. And it took him a year. So instead of buying the guy right before, right when he makes the move, you wait that year. Guy gets drafted, and even in Bowman, you wait that year to see how he does so you can figure mm-hmm. out where you're going to put your money, and that pays off.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm the biggest believer. I think you're the biggest believer. Sure, you don't get in at $35 a Bowman, Kromado, and Juan Soto. You get at a, in at $135. Where are they at now? You know, <laughs> PSA 10, $6,000. bucks you are not going to be kicking your— Now, Juan Soto is obviously one of the best players in the world. So, Unique a hard, situation. Unique situation. You're not going to be kicking yourself about that $100 you lost. Mm -hmm. You can take the time to be like, all right, I don't know if I trust Juan Soto yet. He moves up to $135. You see exactly what he can do, and you're like, all right, I'll buy in. Likewise. Now, you're not getting $35 top international prospects anymore. Let's say $120. $120 is a lot of money. You wait. You see if he's doing well. If you finally believe in him when you've seen him stateside, you buy in for $200. Yeah, you spend eighty more dollars than what you could have gotten in. But if he is as good as you think he can be, it shouldn't matter to you in the end. But if you buy in on hype and don't see him play like Jason Dominguez, a lot of people left holding the bag.
0: Like, I agree with you. And I was really I, I bought one really nice Kai Havertz card when he came over to Chelsea, and it was a Prism Gold Auto out of ten, because I said that's his first like major Chelsea auto. And if I want, I want to get the the best of the best outside the black one of one. I got mm-hmm. the goal at ten, PSA nine. I think I'm into it with grading for like a thousand dollars. I could have sold it for fifteen hundred around there when he won the Champions League final with Chelsea last year with the game winning goal. But I'd be more confident now spending more money on Kai Havertz, knowing what I know, than buying him at the bottom, three months ago or four months ago, not knowing that if I need to increase my position than what it already is. And lose more potentially. And I don't think I was going to even lose money on the gold auto in the first place. But I, like, I'm just saying like I would physically go to the show right now and spend two times the money on a car that I could have bought four months ago because I'm more confident.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you have the confidence, if you have the uh, belief that he is going to be better than what he's showing right now and you have the confidence in it, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't worry that somebody got a better deal than you three months ago.
0: Agreed. Agreed. All right, that rounds out the discussion of the most hyped card in the market. I hope you all enjoyed that topic. Uh, also, make sure to check out all those people's profiles and comment down on Instagram posts. There's a lot of really good thoughts. Uh, but now we're going to move on to a quick flip quest 2022 highlight from last weekend for a few sales we had. Looking at a couple cards this weekend. And then we'll end the show with a Stocks FC segment. And then make sure to uh, look out for the content on the Mint Collective. But here we go, PWCC Weekly Auction number 10. Once again, we've got a PWCC weekly auction segment. This is number 10. Make sure to come on Sunday to our Flip Quest 2022 episode number 10 on YouTube at 10 p.m. Eastern time. The live stream, tons of people come. We give away uh, at least a card or two every stream. Super fun time. First card we're going to look at here ending this Sunday night is going to be this Luka Doncic 2019 Exquisite Auto of 99 PSA 9. We currently have a giveaway going on on Instagram for people to guess the price of this card without going over. Currently a 975 bid. But the last sale was $4,000 for a raw copy early March. In my opinion, this PSA 9, it could sell for two times that amount. Obviously, it's got ways to go right now. Um, but I could physically see an $8,000 sale maybe for a PSA 9. We all know how much the PSA label commands. You got a thick card. You give it a mint 9 grade. And it really actually does wonders for it. Now, that is probably the high end. Nate, what do you think might be more likely? I think
1: that Aaron said before recording that he thought it was going to go for four times. I told him that was foolish. He dropped it down to two. I think that's even foolish. I'm going one and a half times here. $6,000. bucks.
0: right, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm at $8,000. at 6000 Next matchup we're looking at, this is card versus card here, is the LaMelo Ball 2020 Prism Spectra Color Blast Rookie PSA 10. Sold a few days ago for $10,000. This one's currently at 5500 dollars Will hit 10K again, probably, if it sold a few days ago. But the reason why we're watching this one is because we've got the other top rookie from 2020 also selling in the same exact auction. This is the Color Blast rookie PSA 10 of Anthony Edwards at $4,100. The last Edwards to sell sold a month ago for 10K. So very similar sale prices within a month's span. These are the two guys that everyone loves to you know, put at the top of the 2020 class for obvious reasons. Very talented. Shout out Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese Halliburton, and Desmond Bain. True, but we don't let people put these. No, no, too. I get it. I'm just shouting them out because they they do deserve the shout. Because
1: out. this draft class was was projected as one of the weakest ever, and now they got five guys that are
0: very interesting. Yeah, very interesting, very awesome. And uh, I really want to see what happens between these two. Which one sells for more? Will they both hit 10k? Will one sell a little bit under? Will one go a little bit over? Nate, give your prediction on what you think these two sell for. Uh,
1: my guess is Anthony Edwards, ten five.
0: Lamelo, 9-9. Nine, nine. Wow. Anthony Edwards or Lamello. That's my guess. All right. I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards at 9,000 because I do feel like that he hasn't been the talk of the town with the Wolves recently because Towns has been so good. He has not. And then Lamello, I'm going to go with a flat 10. I think it's going to match the last sale, but I don't think that Lamello is in the news enough right now. They are on a five-game win streak, although they might have lost last night. I'm not sure. Um, but before that point, so who knows?
1: And I'm going out there on a limb. I don't actually believe it, but I'm predicting, project, or uh, throwing it out there. See if I'm right. If I am, genius. If I'm not, well, it was a stupid bet, anyways.
0: If he's right, you know he's going to talk about for the rest of the stream. If he's wrong, he'll never bring it up again. That's right. Last thing here is I want to look at the Flip Quest 2022, the sales we've had on Car Ladder Pro. This is just a few cards so far we've sold this year. You've probably seen it in the auctions if you come and watch in the live stream. But our best sale so far has been the Tatum, $171 in profit. A nice little flip there over a couple of months. His teammate Jalen Brown, not so awesome. Prism Silver PSA 10, probably the card. Obviously, it's not like the 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10 where there's a lot, or the 2019, but just doesn't help the resale. And it's sold for 364, so minus 152. Stamp cost minus 66 dollars. Probably still a little bit bad t- timing on that. He's playing well, but maybe it's too soon to sell. And then Towns, we had two Galactic sell a PSA 10, lost us 16 dollars, but PSA nine gained us 44 dollars. And everyone says. Dude, PSA ten or bucks, nothing else. No tens Makes or no sense nines, sense. just tens. That's right, they do. But we're here to say nines. I've nines. been saying nines nine, for a while.
1: Nines, nine, you're fine. Ten, you're mine.
0: Does that make sense for cards? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then our last card is Cole Bardreau, uh, minus a dollar. Accidentally, well, accidentally, just more like mistakenly placed a bid because I wasn't paying attention enough. Eleven dollars, and then or paid twelve, sold it for eleven. Minus a buck. Which, what can you do? That's like a couple chicken nuggets at Wendy's, I guess. Unless you're in the
1: airport, then it's uh, half, a chicken half of a chicken nugget.
0: <laughs> but that's what we've got for uh, our FlipQuest 2022 so far. It's minus, I think, $20 in total if we go up to the stats and scroll down to the bottom, which has our sales. Minus $20 in total, minus .82 ROI. Not too bad considering the Brown was not a great play. The Tatum helped a lot, out a lot. And we do have a Vlad auto coming up for sale right before the baseball season starts. So I think that one might be a good one. Um, to track and see how our FlipQuest 2022 goes, please check it out this week. Go to pwccmarketplace.com to get all your qualifying bids on. Come to our FlipQuest 2022 episode number 10 on YouTube right where you're watching this. We will start at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Would love to have you. We'll give away a slab or two, and it'll just be a fun time. So thank you, everyone, for watching. And wish us luck with that Vlad in two weeks because I'm fingers crossed that brings us back over the total.
1: Me, too. Me, too. Well, it will. It'll bring us back over 20. I'm going for
0: up 100. OK, up 100. We'll be at plus 80 or plus 100 plus 80. All right. Nate's calling plus 80 by the time that we do an episode in like three weeks.
2: What is up, everybody? It's Zach from at Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slap Sox FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. So the draw for the Champions League quarterfinals has been made and we got some good matchups. We have Man City versus Atletico. And then that, the winner of that will play the winner of Chelsea, Real Madrid. Those two matches will both be absolutely insane, high-level, technical, technical, tactical battles between some of Europe's leading teams. And the other side, we have what looks like a semifinal pretty set when you expect Liverpool to get past Benfica and Bayern to get past Real, Villarreal. But Emery teams know how to win in Europe. Yes, it's been the Europa League in the past, but they're doing it in the Champions League this year. And Benfica's tough. They proved it by getting past Ajax. Anything can happen there, but an exciting, exciting time and draw ahead for the Champions League. Moving on, speaking of the Champions League, how are the races for the Champions League spots looking across Europe's top five leagues? So PSG running away with the title in League One, obviously. Marseille in that second Champions League spot. Rennes having a nice uh, conference League campaign is in that qualifying playoff spot for the Champions League in third and then Nice in the Europa League spot and Strasbourg in the Conference League spot a bit of a surprise to see like Leo, Monaco not in the European places and then Lyon is down in 10th as well so and then on to La Liga Real Madrid has a very healthy lead in the title race here up nine points on their closest competitor the rough start to the season Barcelona has climbed their way back into the top four spots with a four-point Gap though they're level in points with Atletico Madrid in fourth, then Betis in fifth in the Europa League spot, Sociedad in sixth in the Conference League, and Villarreal, Champions League quarterfinalists, are out of Europe as it stands right now. And then on to the Bundesliga. This is the first league where there's still a bit of a title race left. Dortmund will be playing Bayern Munich before again before the season ends. So if they can win that game and keep picking up points in the other games, we could have a very exciting finish in the Bundesliga. So uh, Florian versus uh, Leverkusen are in third. Will they be able to hold on to that spot without Verz? It will be tough. There are a lot of teams contending for those third and fourth spots. Leipzig's there right now in fourth as well. Then surprise team Freiburg in fifth in the Europa League spot. Hoffenheim in sixth. And then Cologne and Frankfurt are still in contention as well. And on to Italy, another league with a great title race going on here. Milan three points up on Napoli. And then six points off on Inter, but Inter has a game in hand. And then Juventus, after a really rough start to their season, has climbed up into fourth. Still not completely out of the title race yet either. An eight-point lead on that fourth spot ahead of Atalanta and Jose Mourinho's Roma. Uh, Mourinho would love to get that Roma team into the Europa League. And Lazio and Florentina are still in contention for the European spots as well. And then on to the Premier League, where we got another fantastic two-horse race again between City and Liverpool, which we have seen multiple times over the last couple years. And then Chelsea, pretty good hold on that third Champions League spot. And then that battle for that fourth Champions League spot is getting super, super close with Arsenal, three points up on Spurs with a game in hand. But they they will be playing each other in a few short weeks. United still in contention as well. West Ham. Falling out a little bit with that loss to Tottenham at the weekend. And then Wolves still barely hanging on for a spot at, for contention to a spot in Europe as well. Speaking of that, that was a huge match for Tottenham. In Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, must win. 3-1 win against West Ham. Hung Min Sun, absolutely brilliant throughout. He's looking like he's finally rounding into form again, which will be huge for us in the running. had another strong game. Harry Kane's distribution was excellent. But Arsenal held serve yet again, and they've been playing absolutely amazing in the last two, three months. They've been winning almost every game, it feels like. A lot of them are tight, but they they know how to win games, which would be a surprise to say about Arsenal if you saw the start to their season. But Bukayo Saka is having another strong season for them, nine goals and five assists in the Premier League. So he looks to lead Arsenal into that Champions League spot. And then let's look at Bu- Bukayo Saka's, Saka's market. So obviously one of England's most highly touted young forwards. He had a bit of a rough – he had a a very good summer for England and then a rough summer for England. He played very well throughout the Euros until that final against Italy where he unfortunately missed the penalty. But his market is definitely there, as you can see, in his uh, 2019-20 Panini Chronicles Pitch King Level 4 PSA 9 Mint. This is his rookie card. Obviously not much graded. This is a pretty rare card because it's a level four of the Chronicles. Only 45 total in the PSA pop report, 8, 10s, 39s. We can see his market is definitely on the rise since the start of the season. This card sold for $524 in September. It's all the way up to $900 now. People are banking on that rise makes sense when you, if you think Arsenal will be playing in the Champions League next, next season because soccer will be the face of that team. He'll be the star of that team. He's in the England squad yet again. He's probably going to be a huge player for them in the World Cup at the end of this this year as well. He's a super exciting player. He's a very positive player. And just Saka, I hate to say it as a Spurs fan, but I love watching him. He's a great, great player. And his market is reflecting that at this moment. And then the other huge match of this weekend was El Clasico. And with Madrid getting past PSG in the Champions League, you would think Madrid could be the favorites in this one, but Xavi has completely turned Barcelona around, and this result completely reflects that. Aubameyang looks like a new man scoring a brace in this one, or gets on the score sheet as well as Torres. This game could have been a lot worse than 4-0 for Madrid, too. It could have been 5-6, maybe even 7-0 if Barcelona was really, really clinical on this day. And... You just have to commend Javi for the job he's been doing at the Cam New. And yes, Javi's one of the most legendary players ever, but he's looking at very early returns at this moment, but he's looking like he could be a, a fixture as an elite manager for years and years to come. And will that have an effect on his market? We'll see. It's interesting when you look at what his market is now with his uh, 1998 Mundi Chromo rookie card, PSAA, 100, only 180, 108. Total graded in the PSA pop report, only four tens. so it's very tough to get a 10. 49s, 36.8s. This card has decreased by almost half since the start of this season, $554 in August, down to $275 as well, which is a bit surprising when you see how strong of a job he's been doing for Barcelona as a manager. So he'll be an interesting test case going forward because there will be more and more elite players to enter the managerial ranks over the coming years. And as the market matures, will their car market only reflect their careers as players or will their careers as managers be taken into account? Right now it's looking like it's not being taken into account based on what Xavi's market's doing, but what if he starts winning trophies with Barca wins a La Liga next season challenges for a champions league does this car prices rise, that'll be a very interesting thing to watch, moving forwards. And then the last thing to cap off this video, the last international window of the season, three games left for the U.S. to qualify for the World Cup. and This is the squad they have. Based on the squad, this is the 11 that I would pick. You'd have Stefan starting, Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman at center back. Destin Ro- and Tony Robinson as your outside backs. And the midfield have Adams, Acosta, and Busio. Unfortunately, there is no Weston McKenna. He got hurt for Juventus and then Brendan Arrelson, a late scratch from the squad, the squad picking up a knee injury over the weekend for Salzburg. So at top and I have Pepe, Pulisic, and Reyna, or you could even drop Reyna into the midfield and then start a Timothy Way perhaps too. And then Jordan Phock off the bench, I really like as well. He's been scoring just goal after goal after goal in Switzerland. First team, as you can see, Aaron is unfortunately out. So this is what the U.S. needs to do to win, the, to, to make it to the World Cup. They're playing Mexico on Thursday in, uh, in Mexico City. That's a very tough, tough game. The U.S. does not pick up points there often. But if they were to win that game, Panama lose and Costa Rica were to draw or lose, that clinches a World Cup spot or five points. So a win and two draws or two wins. And if they pick up four points, a 98% chance to qualify for the World Cup. But will we remember le- what happened last cycle? It was almost a 90-something percent chance to qualify the World Cup with the draw against Trinidad, and we all saw what happened there. So the U.S. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely has to take care of business in this next week, or there will be just absolute chaos in the U.S., Soccer Federation, the governing bodies, all that. And the market for players like Pulisic, McKenny, Raya, would, would there be big declines because a lot of this money in their markets right now is based on them making it to the World Cup and showing what they can do on a world stage and bringing in those American people in the card market who aren't always into soccer, but they would be in the time for the World Cup. Do I think the U.S. can do it 100%? If they to just go out there and perform like they are capable of, and they will be playing in the World Cup in Qatar come the end of 2022.
0: Thank you, everyone, so much for watching this episode. This is Weekly Slab number 16. We are live here from Vegas. We will be at the Mint Collective this weekend. Check out all the Coast to Coast cards content that's going to come out this weekend. Follow us, follow us at Instagram. I just did the same exact thing. Follow us at SlabSocks on Instagram. There you go. To check out any reels we post of some cool little tidbits from the show, uh, we hope you all enjoy, and we will see you all in next week's episode, the Weekly Slab Number Seventeen.
1: See you guys. <laughs>